Hello and welcome back to Management 101. I'm your host, Max Weniger. Today we're going to be talking through two very interrelated topics. The first is managing imposter syndrome, and the second is managing team members who are older than you or more experienced than you. I first wanted to give a shout out to an old friend of mine who uh, asked for this topic to be covered in an episode. Uh, Ben Klein, thanks so much for the idea, and I hope you find this useful and not a horrendous waste of time. So managing people who are older than you um, or who are more experienced than you can be a potentially very problematic situation if not handled appropriately. Uh, It might result in you having imposter syndrome or the reverse might occur. Um, You might feel like you have no idea what you're doing and that other people are going to figure that out and not take you seriously. And you might even think you'll eventually get fired when people discover who you really are. And then the other problem that can arise is a lack of trust and buy-in from your team. You might feel like you're up for the job, but that doesn't necessarily mean that your direct reports will. Depending on how you got hired, someone who has more experience than you and is reporting to you could believe any number of things that might put you in a difficult position as a manager. Uh, One, they might harbor resentment because they had applied to this job too and uh, gotten rejected before you joined. Uh, Two, they might also just not take you seriously because they think they know better than you. So today I'm going to talk through how to manage these situations such that you can be the most effective leader possible. And we're going to start with managing imposter syndrome. So I looked this up on uh, the most reliable source I could find, which is Wikipedia. And here's the definition of imposter syndrome according to Wikipedia. Imposter syndrome, also known as imposter phenomenon or imposterism, is a psychological occurrence in which an individual doubts their skills, talents, or accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. So first, if if you uh, recognize any of those feelings as ones you have had or are having in your role, just want to call out that this is completely natural. If you don't have some type of imposter syndrome when you're entering a new expanded role, well, first of all, good for you. But second, you're very much in the minority. I personally, uh, as an example, have had imposter syndrome in basically every single role I've ever taken on. And that includes all of the consulting roles that I have now. Uh, so it's not something that necessarily goes away. It's more something to think about how to manage. And it is totally uh, normal to feel some of that. There are some advantages to imposter syndrome, and I want to start with those. Um, First, it keeps you from having too big of an ego when you take on a new role, and this can help you build trust with your team. Um, Of course, people will have more buy-in and trust with someone who doesn't come across as an arrogant jerk. Uh, Two, it will help you create empathy for other team members who are new to their roles and will enable you to give them a better onboarding experience knowing that um, they're, have, they're feeling and experiencing similar things to, that, to you. And then finally, you're probably going to do more listening than talking if you think everyone around you is a higher performer than you are. And doing a more listening than talking ultimately helps you build trust with your team, which is really important early on in a managerial relationship. Okay, so that's a good side of imposter syndrome. There are definitely some downsides, as you might imagine. Uh, One, you're going to spend a lot of time feeling self-conscious and a lot more time than you probably need to. 
uh, feeling self-conscious. This can result in you being less productive than you like and therefore can cause the uh, imposter syndrome to be a little bit self-fulfilling. And then second, if you don't believe you are deserving of your role, you might doubt yourself on a number of fronts. And uh, there are two in particular I want to call out. One is you might doubt your ability to make good decisions. Uh, This could lead to you being overly deferential to others in the team and therefore hurting the team in the process because there isn't one single decision maker. And you might also doubt your ability to manage upward and meaning manage your manager And uh, you might not represent your team very well, therefore, and they will end up getting jerked back and forth by changing priorities above you because you're not advocating for the team's needs and work effectively. So those two things alone could lead you to not being the best manager for your team. And then your imposter syndrome risks turning into a self-fulfilling prophecy, like I said. So now what do you do about it? I think there are two options, and I'm sure uh, there are others that I'm not thinking of. And I don't think either of these options is necessarily the right one. They could both be right, and they could both be wrong, depending on who you who you are. Uh, option one, lean into it, and then option two is fake it till you make it. Um, so, leaning into it, what does that look like? Uh, when I say leaning into it, I mean being open about how you're feeling with your team and your and your manager. Vulnerability can be a really helpful trust builder with your team. You'll come across as more likable and more human when you're vulnerable with your team, and so therefore it can be quite advantageous. Um, one piece of guidance in if you choose to lean into it is just telling your team, hey, I will definitely need your help in order to be successful in my uh, role. So in one of my own previous roles, I told my team, literally in our first team meeting, that I felt like I'd gotten really lucky to be offered this job opportunity, but that I had a ton to learn, and I would be relying on all of them to help me learn and make good decisions. I also told them that I would be for sure making mistakes and that I promised to learn from them, and and also I asked for their help in giving me feedback so I could recognize when I made mistakes. Um, I think this helped build a lot of trust and buying with the team because they they saw me as more of a human being and therefore when I inevitably did make mistakes it wasn't like oh he said he was going to be perfect or he came in and it was supposed to do everything right it was well he said this would happen and this is normal uh, because he's a human being like myself you can also tell your manager how you're feeling Uh, that person hired you they probably know exactly why you're awesome and why you have no need to feel imposter syndrome hopefully them saying so to you can help boost your confidence as well So that's option one of leaning into it. Um, I've certainly done a bit of that in my own management experience. And then the other option is faking it till you make it. So in this situation, uh, fake it till you make it is you're, you're not necessarily feeling super confident in your role, but nobody else has to know that. Um, You know, you can still come across as confident, even if you don't feel so uh, internally. Something that has often helped me is to remember, remember that it could not be a fluke that so many of my teams in my previous experiences performed well. I you know, personally may not feel like I did all that much to make that happen. I might personally not feel like I'm deserving of this opportunity, but there is clearly a correlation between my team's successes in the past and my existence in those teams. So whatever I did, it worked. And there's also, you know, there's a reason this company wanted me in this job specifically. And it's pretty unlikely that I'm special enough to be uh, 
perfect at faking it and making everyone believe I'm something that I'm not. It's more likely that I'm just having a bit of self-doubt and I can uh, I can simply act confident until I actually feel that way in the role. One situation that can easily contribute to a feeling of imposter syndrome is when you're in a role where you're managing people who are older than you and or who have more experience than you. And this is the second topic I want to talk through today. A um, couple stories that I think are uh, relevant here from my own experience. And I got some feedback that more of my own stories would be helpful to make this podcast a little bit more um, hit home for some people. So hopefully this is uh, this is a step towards doing that. So um, some background. When I first joined um, the Latin America operations team, at Uber. Uh, I lived in Mexico City for two and a half years um, and moved there from the US. Uh, more than half of the people reporting to me in that team were older than me. And a number of them had also been at the company longer than I had. So it wasn't just that they had more experience overall, it was they specifically had more experience at Uber than I did. And um, some started at the same level that I did. Uh, and then the, the second piece of context of these stories is um, I when I joined Incredible Health, as their vice president of operations last year, um, this was also true. I had a number of team members who um, were older than me, and you know, by definition, when I joined, the entire team already being there all had more experience at the company than I did. One of these situations went well for me, and the other did not go so well. Now, both had reasonably happy endings. I'm I'm pleased to report, but one of them had a much rockier path to getting there. And I think it, uh, there are some lessons here, both that I took myself as I went on my managerial career journey, but also that I think others who are approaching, experiencing this for the first time and or, and or having a difficult time with it may benefit from. So let me first talk through the Uber experience. I had one direct report in uh, Uber in Latin America who uh, had applied for my job before I was offered it. I did not know this at the time that I joined the team, but I could just imagine that this person was probably not super happy about being offered, not being offered the job, and then it going to someone who is both younger and been at Uber less time than they had. Now, this person, to be clear, was perfectly nice to me, but we did not build a lot of trust in the first few months. I could tell that this person did not particularly believe in me or buy into me as their manager. And there was distance between us that was without a doubt very unproductive. Now, I'm, I vividly remember this specific thing that happened because this all came to a head during a planning meeting when I asked this person a question about their team's plans for, for next quarter. Now, I personally thought this is a pretty innocuous question, um, but after the call, uh, this person asked to speak to me, and they got incredibly upset with me for what they felt was calling them out in a public setting. And this person actually came pretty close to yelling at me, literally in the office. Um, so it's not an ideal situation. I don't personally love being yelled at, and uh, it it definitely was uh, just like a culmination of all the feelings this person was clearly having about me being in my role and them being in their role. Um, but anyway, I, I did my best. I, I sort of just acknowledged what they were saying, and then I tried to de-escalate it by uh, setting up some time to chat with them outside the office later on in the week when that person was calmer. 
Uh, at this point, when we went out to, I remember we went out to the Starbucks in our building. Um, they admitted that they felt like they were not growing in their role. Uh, they were frustrated with the fact that I was in this job despite being less experienced. And, um, and they also admitted how hard a time they were having with the entire dynamic between us. Um, these are things that I'd suspected to some extent uh, certainly were impacting this person's actions as it related to both their team and their relationship with me, uh, but had not yet been said before. And this was many months, maybe even a year into our uh, managerial relationship. Um, eventually through, you know, at first I just acknowledge and said all these things that you're feeling are totally fair and I completely understand where you're coming from. Uh, I could only imagine what it's like to, you know, have this very fast career growth at Uber and then suddenly feel like other people are passing you by. Um, we eventually reached an understanding that, of course, this situation was not going to change. I wasn't going to trade jobs with this person. Um, but there was definitely an opportunity for me to be a lot more deferential to this person's experience. And I also could help them in areas that I was well-developed in and they wanted to work on um, two examples being effective prioritization of the, their work and their team's work and stakeholder management. Now, I was running a, a central operations team that worked with a ton of stakeholders, both um, in operations as well as in other functional teams like marketing. And uh, this person, while um, great at building relationships, uh, still hadn't developed the, the stakeholder management muscle. And so we agreed that, sure, there were a lot of things that this person probably was way better than me at, but at least you know, we could take advantage of these two two areas where they wanted to develop and where I, um, where we both agreed this was something that I was particularly good at. And after coming to that understanding between each other, our relationship from that point was both very positive and very productive. And I, of course, the, the, the problem with this was it happened more than a year after it could have. And all because I definitely could have handled this situation differently. So now let's forward, fast forward to Incredible Health, where I uh, came into the role um, in a very similar fashion. Now I came in already having had that Uber experience, and know and knowing also that it was possible that anyone already on the team could potentially be jealous of my having gotten this role over them, or of the fact that I was in a more senior role at a younger age, um, instead of just being cognizant of it, I tried to more actively uh, address it. So I spent a lot of time in the early going just trying to learn from my team members. I wanted them to see that I was being deferential to their knowledge and experience, and I wasn't just making decisions in a vacuum that were lacking in, in context or were lacking in the specific information that they had in their brains or the, the specific experience they had at the company. And then I also spent a lot more time with my team developing clear career paths and opportunities for growth in responsibility and opportunities for learning so that everyone felt like they understood what was expected of them at the next level and they felt like they could work on it in this role with my help. And this also had the benefit of demonstrating to some of the team that they simply were not ready yet for that increased responsibility um, you know, maybe they didn't realize there were certain skills that they hadn't developed yet or hadn't developed uh, far enough. 
And um, it made them more comfortable with their current roles because they could see that um, I, as the manager, um, both understood what was required of the role at the next level, and I also often had some of these skills that they wanted to develop. So uh, it, it really helped people get a better sense of why they were in the place they were in in the organization. And it also solved for the problem that um, my direct report at Uber had brought up, t- up to me, which is that they felt like they weren't growing. And um, no matter what role you have, if you don't feel like you're growing, you can feel um, stagnant and listless and ultimately not very fulfilled. And so I took away from that, you know, if someone wants to be learning and developing and taking on more responsibility, it is my job to help make that happen. Um, and so I, I approach that much more proactively uh, the next time around. So these experiences taught me um a number of things that I think could help me approach this specific situation the right way in the future. And I wanted to summarize them here uh, for your all's benefit. One, help people understand why they are valuable and specifically the areas where you see them as being really important and impactful to the team. Maybe they're great communicators and you want to help utilize those skills to send messaging on behalf of the whole team to your customers. You know, someone has to build that communication. Maybe it can be this person who's really a great communicator. Uh, Maybe they're a great analyst and you can ask them for help building dashboards that the entire team will ultimately use. Um, Any any way to sort of help them understand how valuable they are and, and help utilize those skills that they have. Two, be deferential to their experience, particularly early on. Make sure they know that you want their opinion and you want to learn from them. Actively communicate that you want to enable them and not just tell them what to do. And you might be a great people manager, but communicate to them that they're the subject matter expert, right? They uh, have been in this role longer than you have or have more experience in this area than you have. You weren't put in this role because you are the subject matter expert on this thing. You were put in this role because you are a capable people manager. They're still the subject matter expert. And then three, make sure to have frequent discussions about their development. Ask them what they want from their career. Are there specific areas that they want to learn more about? Are there responsibilities they want to take on that you can help them drive towards? Generally speaking, to summarize these, the more you can show yourself as a partner rather than someone who's simply directing their work, the more buy-in that you're likely to get from them and the more successful that, one, they're going to be two, you're going to be, and three, your relationship will be. So hope this was uh, some helpful quick guidance on managing imposter syndrome and managing people who are older than you. Uh, please feel free to reach out to me on on LinkedIn or, or my website, which is just maxwenneker.com. Um, I'm always happy to chat through some of this stuff uh, more in depth. I, I really enjoy helping people figure out how to be the best managers and leaders that they can be. Um, thanks so much for taking the time and hope you have a good one until next time.